Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Sports with Friends. This is episode 321. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the downloads and the subscriptions and the ratings and you guys, uh, the audience levels. We've checked the numbers. They are staying steady, so we really, really appreciate it. Uh, our guests, we are going to be talking some hockey. That's right. I've been anxious to get a hockey podcast going. We had some really, really fun ones in the past. Remember episode 299, we had the commissioner of the NHL, Gary Bettman, on the show. Uh, we've had plenty of hockey guests. People get mad at me if I have anybody from the New York Rangers. Don't worry, it's not that. Uh, we do have a Syracuse guy, and we're going to talk about that as well. It's also week six in the National Football League, and for all the odds on that and all the college football with Alabama's loss, we're going to head to the head odds maker at BovadaSportsbook.com, Patrick Morrow, in about 10 minutes or so. You know this gentleman from his days at NBC. Uh, that's how I became aware of him, but I also became aware of the fact that I support the Cuse guys anytime I get, and that's how we connected. Uh, he went to graduate school at Syracuse, so we did not overlap because when I did my research, our ages would have been that if he went to Syracuse undergrad, he would have been a freshman when I was a senior, which would have been very, very cool because it would have been a very great tangent we could have gone on. Liam McHugh is with us, and now Liam is the studio host for the National Hockey League on TNT. How weird is that? <laughs> Liam, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on. It, it's, it is a little weird. Uh, you know, you say the same thing. Welcome to the NHL and NBC for 10 years. And uh, it's hard not to have that just slip out, like immediately, on air, on national TV. And it's like the one thing. I have a notebook. I, I don't really use teleprompter much. I just have a oh. notebook. And at the very top, I've just written in bold letters, <laughs> TNT. Don't screw that part up that the sponsor and then get rolling but man it's good to be on with you it's, it's great to have you and it's great to connect we need to you know do, do an adult beverage at some point and, Definitely. and I, it's cool that uh you have this this new gig um i don't want to do it this is not a roast we're not doing this is your life i don't need to know all about the origin story of, of liam McHugh, but i will ask the big elephant in the room and that is the nhl split their rights between tnt and espn um, without getting into too much of the, the personal stuff, why TNT, why not ESPN? What's better about TNT than ESPN? It sounds like they're really in synergy with each other. And it seemed like the NBC crew split off into the yeah. two factions. How did you get the green team versus the blue team? Uh, I would say mainly they offered me. That's Perfect. the starter. Um, that's a big part of it. Uh, I think ESPN had a lot of studio people in place that they right. were that I, I, I know we're dying to do the NHL for a very long time. I mean, guys are around, you know, the last time they had the NHL. So, uh, and I think for me, uh, Turner is just a great fit. Uh, and I know it's easy to say that and it's the right thing to say PR wise, but uh, it's we'll the see what happens on a snowy night in February, but well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, <laughs> just, I just, I have to say like, I just love the idea that like I watch Turner, I watch the NBA, uh, you know, mm -hmm. on TNT and I, I watch inside the NBA and it's how I want to do television. And it's uh, in many ways, I feel like uh, the reason I was hired at NBC by people at the very beginning was because I was able to like host a loose fun show. And I think to do it a ton at NBC because we pack a lot in our shows and they're, mm -hmm. uh, they're very news driven. And I enjoyed that as well, but this is a little bit better for my skill set. Uh, and I don't know, I, I'm excited. I, I think we can, we can do a fun show an entertaining show, but then, Hey, it's hockey. Like if something serious happens at the end of uh, a period, we'll transition. I can make that sure. move. We can shift over and we can talk, you know, X's and O's if we need to. No, and, there, and there's a lot of aspects about hockey that you uh, reference in your broadcast that I do want to get to because you kind of show what a fan is looking at. You'll talk about uniforms. You'll talk about uh, atmosphere. You'll talk about crowd sound. You, you know, you'll do all those things. And I think that's, that's really, really neat. Um, one of the things that a lot of, you know, ideas about linear television is you know, there's half the country doesn't have cable. And the reality of it is, and this is not to put down TNT or ESPN or, or anybody, but I have no idea what channel anything's on. Uh, 
It's on an app. I was flipping between the National Football League and the uh, the uh, the baseball playoffs over the weekend. And I'm sitting there. I don't know what channel any of this is on. It's just it's on Hulu. That's how I know it's on. And that's uh, that's how we get it. As this becomes a streaming centric situation, uh, how do you have to how are you judged? Because, again, linear ratings are really hard yeah. to, to, to muster. And in reality, what separates inside the NBA is that what, what Charles Barkley says on a typical night is on Snapchat the next day and it's on exactly. YouTube the next day. How do you guys separate yourself in a crowded space? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really good point. I mean, uh, and I think one of the cool things about Turner is I, I got down there and we're talking about expectations. and. For them, it's just different. First off, it's a long deal, right? It's, it's a multi-year deal that they have. They're not looking like, hey, we're getting in, getting out, hopefully grabbing some ratings, making some money. This is a long-term relationship. So right away, I mean, and they're right on it with, we're not that concerned with ratings at the very beginning. We're just not. We want to build something here. We want something that people are talking about. And ultimately, what people are talking about means exactly what you said. People are posting about. It, it really is. Now, to me, the way to do that is not to go into a show and say, let's do something that's going to go viral. Let's figure out right. what goes viral. Because I don't think that's what the NBA show ever does. They just do it organically. They have a conversation. It leads somewhere. It goes off the rails. And Ernie, to his credit, often decides, hey, I'm the guy who's driving this train. But I like the view off the rails a lot better right now than it was on the rails. It's a hell of a lot more entertaining. Let's keep it there. And then the next day, people are posting about it because that's what they're talking about right after. It's not necessarily exactly what happened in the game. It's the conversation where it took you. And I think the cool thing about Turner was they know we're going to be judged immediately because it's new. It's different. Uh, we have Wayne Gretzky on the show. People are there are going to be a lot of eyeballs on him. But the idea is let's build something here that feels different, feels fun. And hopefully the rest of that will take care of itself going down in the future. And I love that idea. Um you will be indebted to this podcast forever. If when TNT does a New Jersey Devils game and you get Gretzky to talk about calling them a Mickey Mouse franchise, <laughs> if you do that, <laughs> you will go down in history <laughs> as one of the great devil fans will endear themselves to you forever. And it's so funny because he's such a good guy and such a class act. And I, I, I tease, but he did say that in the early 80s. And I will say this, like I had only met him uh, briefly in the past. You know, we'd only like he'd been right. on the Stanley Cup final. And that is like the least loose atmosphere to ever meet an individual. Yeah, you walk in with like, you walk in with like seven handlers and people from the league and they're like, you got Wayne Gretzky for three minutes. And they're like, and you're on, you know, and then but it's like, three minutes. And like, if you say hello, you don't you don't get those 10 seconds back. That's it. You know, uh, and I'm on there with like Milbury and Jonesy and like, you know, I mean, yeah, the yeah. idea that the I'm great saying Keith anything, Jones, hey, by the way, the great yeah, Keith Jones, the, the best teammate I've ever had in sports and broadcasting. You know, he, he's uh, I think it's like my wife and then Keith Jones <laughs> right below. But, uh, you know, I think the cool thing about Gretzky hanging out with him like uh, last week and talking to him a bit, he seems pretty eager to share these stories. Uh, oh, and I love oh, that. Good. I love that. You know, like, oh. I don't think he's a guy who's going to go on TV and just start like, he's not going to be ripping players or tearing down franchises. He's going to, you know, no, I no, think no. The, and, and, exactly. and, and, and owning up to that then is not ripping the franchise no. now. No. And it's, if it's personalized where it's almost like self-deprecating, oh, like, God. Oh, I can't believe what I did. You know, like oh. it's, I think he's eager Ken to do Danico's that. I was getting a text as soon as this recording is over. <laughs> nice. this, we're going to circle the day. Uh, that, that this, this happens. Uh, I'm putting it on my calendar right after this because oh, uh, awesome. I'm excited. More with the great Liam McHugh of TNT in just a moment. But first, let's get you set for NFL Week 6 as we've been come to doing here on Sports with Friends. We bring in the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, we had late breaking news just yesterday. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets saying that because Kyrie Irving is ineligible to play in his home games, uh, they don't want him to be practice or be with the team as long as he is unvaccinated. And this continues to permeate in sports. There are Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings, Mackenzie Blackwood of the New Jersey Devils. There are players that are still not getting vaccinated, and it's continuing to impact sports. Yeah, and I think, Seth, this is... Uh... 
across the major North American sports anyways, uh, th this is going to be the most impactful if Kyrie Irving does hold out as long as he does. Uh, we've already seen a quick movement in the odds for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they were two to one favorites at Pavada. They have creeped up closer to three to one now. We still have them as the favorites, but the inconsistency around uh, when or if he's going to be available this season creates uh, you know, certainly a lot of headaches for us, not just in determining who's going to be the outright champion, but who uh, is going to be MVP this year, who's going to be leading scorer. Uh, you know, at Bavada, we've already had to move Kyrie Irving all the way up to 40 to 1 and 60 to 1, respectively, in those categories. So uh, it continues to be something I have to be mindful of. Uh, so they also have the freedom to make this kind of choice, I think, in a way that a lot of teams in the NBA don't. All right, now the NFL, and again, an overabundance of injuries. Uh, you're seeing it on every team and every level. Some teams more than others. The drama has been great. The entertainment has been great. But man, there are a lot of people getting hurt. Yeah, and uh, gosh, uh, not many more. Oh, I mean, not to elevate one over another, but yeah, right at the forefront is uh, Russell Wilson uh, injuring his finger like that. Yep. And uh, we'll be missing out on him uh, this uh, Sunday night as a result. And the Steelers, uh, actually five-point favorites in this game, Pavada Seth, as a result of this uh, injury. I mean, looking at our numbers, a healthy Russell Wilson under center. And this game is closer to a pick -em. Maybe perhaps even Seahawks, a very ever so slight road favorite in this game. So uh, it really goes to show that in a QB driven league like this, uh, they are the most important player on the field. There is no other player in the NFL at any position that's worth more than maybe two or three points on the spread. Uh, and some of those top QBs wow. are worth close to a touchdown like that. And Russell Wilson is very much in that conversation for. You know, just the things he does, uh, just improvising as well. I mean, you know, so much of Seattle's best offensive plays aren't the ones they draw up. It's what Russell Wilson is able to make out of them. And not having that kind of, uh, you know, dynamic uh, gameplay under center is really going to impact the Seahawks offense. That otherwise is, uh, you know, pretty boring, pretty traditional. Uh, Pete Carroll plays it pretty tight to the chest. And uh, as a result, it'll be interesting to see what Seattle is able to do in this game. And as a result, uh, the over-under for this game, Seth, is also a much, much lower one than we would expect. Uh, 42. Uh, 42 is the lowest over-under of all NFL games this week. If Russell Wilson is in this game, that over-under is closer to 46, 47 points. There's no secret about it. And, uh, you know, Russell Wilson got hurt. And if you were watching, you could have been watching Russell Wilson get hurt on my Twitch show. Ooh. Thursday Night Football is on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Seth Everett. Um, this week, we're going to be doing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles. So you get three hours of me calling Tom Brady a cheater. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. It, it is, you know, that, that's actually a good point. It is kind of funny that with his longevity, that there are so many different people that have been able to digest his career in... Like, even when he was winning early Super Bowls, he wasn't considered the GOAT by any means. You know, very pedestrian-like uh, stats in those games. Defense largely uh, propped them up. And now he's he's the ageless wonder, and he's also very funny on social media. I mean, the story arc of Tom Brady, which, by the way, is nowhere close to ending. I mean, he says he wants to play till he's 50. I think he might be able to do it. If he gets consistent protection, and the way the leagues, uh, you know, really look out for quarterbacks, uh, you know, unless you're Russell Wilson who's scrambling. Tom Brady's not going to get hurt scrambling anytime soon. Uh, he might be the first one to do it. Uh, looking at this Thursday night game, though, Seth, uh, the Bucks seven-point road favorites. And, uh, you know, the Eagles haven't looked really good this year. A big win at Carolina on Sunday. They were down for most of it and were able to pull out one late. And that looks really good because Carolina was good uh, in our internal rankings at Pavada this year. But Tampa Bay has just been so hot. Offense is good. Defense is good. It is our most lopsided position uh, so far, looking at week seven, and they are set 80%, 80% of all bets are on the Bucks in this game, and pardon me, week six. Elsewhere in the NFL, a couple of games that have some really close lines, including the white-hot Arizona Cardinals taking to the road to take on the Cleveland Browns. What an interesting matchup. Kyler Murray, by the way, 10 touchdowns on the season and over 1,500 yards passing and it is only week six yeah uh, a lot of humble pie uh i've certainly got to eat seth on the arizona cardinals this year the last remaining undefeated team in the nfl and some impressive wins uh you know yeah the 49ers were beat up last week 
but they beat the Rams the week before. They did it on the road. They scored all over them, and the Rams' defense has been one of the better ones in the league the last few years. So, uh, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, to the extent that teams are legit or not legit, and I hate that phrasing, it's right up there with, is Joe Flacco elite? But, you know, the Arizona Cardinals are pretty Joe good football team. You know, the Flacco meter, is he elite uh, or not? You know, uh, anyways, fortunately, Baltimore seems like they found a QB post Flacco, uh, but uh, we'll get to that later. Anyways, back to cards, uh, Browns. Uh, really intriguing matchup here. The cards have defied expectations, at least my own. Uh, the Browns, uh, I love them because they, you know, they very much make uh, analytics the forefront of their decision-making process, whether it's the draft, whether it's play calling. I thought the Browns Chargers was one of the best matchups of the weekend because both teams were being very aggressive. And you know what? We need to replace the term aggressive with correct. If you are doing what is statistically the most optimal thing to win a game, it should be called the correct. I would say that all the teams that punt from the other team's 40 are doing aggressively bad things. But anyways, I could go off subject for that forever. Back to the game itself. It may surprise some folks that uh, the Cleveland Browns are ever so slight favorites in this one, Seth. They're two and a half point home favorites against the Cards. Uh, unsurprisingly, the Cards are getting the most amount of bets uh, at this point at Bavada. Uh, but I really like the Browns in this spot. They were right there with the Chargers. They look really, really good. I think this is a good bounce back opportunity for them. And a game that, uh, you know, if the Browns win and if the Chargers, or sorry, if the Cardinals, uh, you know, aren't at 5-0, and the Browns are probably three, three and a half point favorites in this game. Low that I am to officially give out picks, uh, I do think this is a good buy opportunity for the Cleveland Browns in this 4.05 p.m. slot on Sunday. A rare pick, more than just the info from Patrick Morrow of Bavada. Our thanks to him. We are now going to go back to our conversation with TNT's Liam McHugh. You mentioned Keith Jones, so I'll tell you a quick Keith Jones story. I met him when he was a player with the Avalanche. My first job, I did pre and post for the Avalanche in 97, and he was on the Avalanche. That's really cool. And so he was was a good guy. And and then we turned around and he wound up working with WIP and I was doing some stuff with WIP in Philly on the morning show. And I go in studio and I'm like, holy crap, that's Keith Jones. Like, (laughs) that's the same guy. Like Keith Jones, Rene Corbet, Eric Lacroix. Those were the because when I was covering the avalanche, I was 23. And so I I wasn't a reporter. I was just the guy (laughs) who went boozing with those guys. And I was just like, that's awesome. And to see Keith Jones ascend simply because he's so good at what he does to hear you say that really, really is wonderful to see. No, he is like one of the all time personalities in hockey. Uh, And first of all, he's got a great hockey mind. So he calls the game. He sees it way faster than anyone else. And I think that in many ways, uh, you know, someone who's seen him play you know that that's the reason he was in the league it wasn't because he could skate faster than anyone he wasn't like a physical specimen he'll admit to that uh you know he's got i think he's got like t-rex arms so you know he's not scaring people but he thought the game better than anyone else and he still does but he is an unbelievable storyteller yeah uh, like he is the best guy to hang out after a show Angelo after a Cataldi game loved having jones on. oh he is unbelievable and that team, so he joined the Avs, I think, right after they won. Right, at, uh, well, right, and that's when I joined him. Yeah. And that's the funniest thing is because I get the gig to do the pre and post, and there's this welcome home dinner. Like all the players, the organization, it's this big fancy dinner, and the Stanley Cup is there, and everyone there as you walk in takes a photo with the Stanley Cup. So I have this photo of me with the Stanley Cup and people are like, you covered the Stanley Cup finals your first year. I go, no, I didn't. I just got there three months later. And it was (laughs) like I watched the Avalanche win the the Stanley Cup at Syracuse my senior year. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. Jonesy, Jonesy got to go to the White House, even though we didn't win the cup. (laughs) And he gets in there and Clinton is there. And, you know, Bill Clinton, he makes everybody feel at home, like like you're uh, yeah. like you're the only guest there. Yeah. And he like knows everybody's name. So he's like, oh, Keith Jones, so good to see you. He's like, congratulations. And Jones, he looks up and goes, it was all me. And he walks <laughs> on behind. Just amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> we have to get Jonesy on the show. That, that's so funny. I, 
you know, you, you hear names and you think of these these folks. Uh, by the way, if this if you're listening to this, the day it is released uh, tonight is their first doubleheader on TNT mm-hmm. and the first matchups, uh, the stinking New York Rangers take on the Washington <laughs> Capitals equally hated, uh, followed by the Avalanche and the, the Blackhawks, which uh, should be very cool. Mark Andre Fleury uh, back with the uh, Blackhawks now. Uh, after his stint in, in Vegas. So that should be a very interesting a, as well. Um, there's a couple of aspects to hockey that I wanted to address with you. Uh, I'm a diehard. I, I, uh, that, that's my number one. I, I've made no secret on the podcast. I worked with Major League Baseball for 20 years, but hockey is my baby. Like that's, that's my sport. And I moved to New Jersey the same day the Colorado Rockies moved to New Jersey. So my first hockey game is the devil's first game. So the Mickey Mouse comment is literally like nine and it (laughs) happened to my team. Like that was, that was, that was, that was, that was was the thing. Um, One of the things that I thought the NBC experience did was it stopped trying to sell hockey in places that don't like hockey. Like, you didn't need to focus on marketing hockey to Mississippi and Alabama. And I'm not knocking those States, but Mm. they're not hockey country care about the penguins in Pittsburgh, the red wings in Detroit, the sharks in San Jose, and make sure that when you're showing any team on NBC, that their fan base is getting served. Was that something conscious or subconscious? Well, I mean, I think, you go from a rating standpoint right away. Right. Uh, And you realize where can we get viewers? Uh, And I think you look at major hockey markets uh, and you know, it's funny, you look at a market like Buffalo, right? It's not a huge market, but if hockey's on Buffalo tunes in, right. So even though it's uh, not the Sabres. Yeah. Which is incredible. Uh, I mean, because it hasn't been the Sabres in a few years, which is also, yeah, sort of depressing that, you know, (laughs) like we would have at NBC love for the Sabres to be relevant in any fashion during that time. It did not happen. Um, And then I think, you know, there were there were dipping toes in certain areas, right? Like, you know, Tampa Bay got big uh, during our time there. Uh, And listen, they've been around for a while and they'd won a cup. But I think you see the fan base from a different level now. Nashville, same thing. Uh, you know, Nashville became a huge market for us. Obviously, they made the Stanley Cup final. We had an all-star game there. This year, we're going to have an outdoor game. For, Gorgeous uh, arena. Gorgeous yeah, arena I mean, too. and it's great. And it's right by Broadway. So the, the, there's this incredible atmosphere surrounding the arena, inside, outside. I think what I'm hoping we do a little bit at Turner is if we can bring you a little bit more personality from these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not always easy in hockey because hockey is a sport, as you know, Right. You can barely get a guy in an interview post game to use the word I or me. Never. It's like they have been programmed. Don't talk about yourself. Use we, use the team, pivot. But your journalism is not post game. Like you're talking off days, skate arounds, you know, like you're you're talking to these guys in feature situations. You'll have different kind of access. And what you find is there isn't a bad interview. No, no. And there's great stories to be told. And there are great personalities. Uh, and I think now with some of the younger generation of players, there are guys out there willing to really open up and give you their story. And to your point about talking about different things, like you're talking about what the guys are wearing. Uh, you know, I like the idea that you have guys in the NHL now. They're like, all right, enough with the dress code. Like we see what yeah, the yeah, NBA yeah. does when they walk in. We want to walk in. We want to be seen. We want to be seen without our helmets on. We want to mm-hmm. be seen, you know, for who we are. Uh, what we're into off the ice. A lot of these guys are going on podcasts a lot more now than they were in the past. And they're oh, telling their know. stories. We have yeah. Four, you know, we have uh, 80 episodes. We got to get to. 40. No. Hey, you know what? I, I think the younger generation is the way to go. Now the older guys, I mean, the funny thing is, cause you know, like Sidney Crosby it may go down. I put him right now. Top five of all time. I really, I think Sidney Crosby is that good. Uh, but what do we know about Sidney Crosby? He's Mike and Trout. He's, yeah. he's and it's Mike by design. Trout. And it's yep. by design. You know, I think he's happy. Uh, hockey is my life. You don't need to know anything else. I think the younger generation isn't like that. They're more of a social media generation, which is good for us. And it's great for the viewer. And I think the hope is there. If you see a guy like Austin Matthews and you're like, wow, his mother's Mexican. He's from Arizona. All right. Like, I'm not from Minnesota. I'm not from Massachusetts. I can be into hockey. I can get into this sport. Uh, and then for me, it's also, I don't care if you played the game or not. 
if I put Connor McDavid on your screen, whether you played the game or not, you know something's different. It's obvious. All you have to be is a casual sports fan to know that Connor McDavid is something special and you can enjoy watching him. And, you know, we're going to show a lot more of those guys this year. The, um, the interesting part about that is, is that bucks the trend in the other major American sports because social media has given these players their own voice and they rely on the media less. But in hockey, because they are inviting, they know that they are not household names. And, you know, Zach Parise is a, a good example. The guy went home to Minnesota, his hometown. And was he ever, you know, was he ever approached at a Starbucks? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you, you wouldn't notice, you know, a lot of it has to do with the helmet. I mean, I, there's no secret. Very about much that. so. The helmet, um, you know, the, the jersey numbers are important because, you know, you want to know. Although I will give, and I'm going to do it, I'll embarrass her. My now 13 year old daughter, uh, when she was seven, seven, there was a guy, he, he bounced around, he recently retired, named Jordan Tutu. Mm-hmm. And his number was 22. Tutu was 22. And he's born on February 2nd. And that was, and I was just always amazed that this yeah. little kid noticed that. Um, <laughs> but this, this idea that you have to endear yourselves to these people, these, the, the, who these players are, because in sports that are individual, for example, like racing or, or, or um, tennis or golf, you root for your favorite golfer. Why? You like Xander Shoffley. Why? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. wh- why yeah. is it? So to endear Connor McDavid to the casual fan is going to be hard. It is. It is. And the funny thing is McDavid's like, the you know the sort of the poor example for a younger player willing to share a story because big david uh you know is almost notoriously tight-lipped right you know and he seems to be from the crosby mold of i'm here to play hockey uh but i think there are ways to do this first off we have wayne gretzky on the panel nobody knows what's going on mcdavid's mind they're all gonna want to talk to him better than gretzky i mean no one no one can empathize with what he is going through early on in his career where you are lighting it up, but that's great. But win, win right now. Um, and I love that we have that connection. I also think there's something to McDavid where his best interviews have always been after they got knocked out and they're not, you know, they're not positive. He's just pissed. He's just angry and he can't hold it in. He's, and I think if you can bring out that and people are like, this guy is driven to a level that most athletes are not. Don't think he's just out there collecting points or goals. You are watching one of the most electric athletes and one of the most determined and driven athletes. Now, that's not always sexy. It's not, it doesn't give you Monday through Friday ratings. Sure. But we're, we're looking for games of the week. We're looking to bring you in. And I think in the playoffs, when you, you get that adrenaline rush to know that this player is there, it's different. But you're right. It's, is it an easy sell? No. But I do want to go back to something you said. The, the helmet situation used to drive me crazy. Right, because everybody NBC. looks the same. Oh, my God. And they'd come and do a post-game interview, and, and they don't take their helmet. helmet. Yeah, oh, my God, helmet. take the helmet off. First off, you're hockey players. 90% of you got the greatest flow in the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, bring it out. <laughs> show us. So, to me, that's a must. Got to get the helmets off these guys. And, you know, we got to ask a few different questions of them. And, and do more interviews get, on ice. Those are great. Yeah. Like, well, I think we're, I think we're looking to do a few more on ice where they're not standing still where guys no, are no, no, but on ice, yeah. but on ice and in the PA also. Oh, I, I agree. You know what no, I'm saying? I like, like those too. I like yeah, those. Like those yeah. are really, really sharp because it, they're a reason to stay. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a reason to stick around. If you're, you're if your team's winning or losing four, two or whatever it is, you know, and it's not a, a close finish, you literally can, can say, wait a minute, I want to hear what this guy has to say. And yeah. that's cool, especially goalies. Goalies are awesome stories because yeah. they're idiots for doing what they do. <laughs> and but you want to know all of that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, every single guy is like goalies are different. You know, quirky is the nice way to describe them. They're quirky. crazy. Yeah, Who would quirky. do that? Who would do that? Um, and you want to know, like, I want to know what's going on. I mean, I, I go back to Ilya Berzgalov. I mean, my God, like every time he opened his mouth, he was a quote machine, uh, you know, and I'm sure guys, I'm sure the GMs of his teams were cringing half the time, but if he opened his mouth, you wanted to hear what he had to say. Cause often it was just bizarre. My favorite NHL story. 
Uh, I've told on the podcast before, um, the 97-98 team, uh, they made the playoffs and they played Edmonton in either the first or second round. The Avalanche, and uh, rest in peace, Pierre Lacroix, but this was one of the dumbest decisions you ever made, um, decides that if the Avalanche win game seven at the old McNichols Arena, that I am going to do a post-game interview that's going to go on the PA. But they don't tell me that until I get to the arena and I'm wearing loafers. <laughs> and all, I'm rooting for the Avalanche to lose yeah. because yeah. I, I want them to lose because I don't want to go on that ice and fall on my ass. And all I can do is, you know, I, I just I wish that we lived in this era of, of social media and, and phones and stuff, because I'd love a picture of me like tiptoeing out to where the microphone was to interview Patrick Watt and Patrick Watt saw that I was nervous and to scare me does the thing where he snows me. <laughs> and so now my pants are wet and I'm scared to death. And I remember using my right hand to do the interview and my left hand is grabbing Patrick Watt on the arm, but for dear life, because yeah. as this interview is going, he has more balance than I do. Yeah. yeah. And we do the interview. It's 90 seconds. And I throw it back to Mike Haynes, the, the great, uh, the great avalanche announcer, who's not the announcer anymore, uh, but he's a great dude. And Mike, <laughs> and before they p toss it back. So you hear on the public address and in McNichols arena, Patrick was saying, can you get off of my arm, please? <laughs> That's perfect. That's my favorite, I, I, that's, my favorite I, you, hockey story of all there time. There has to be some sort of video of that. There oh, has I would love to be, it. I would love uh, it. There, but I love that. And I also love the idea that I think I've worked places uh, and certainly for certain producers who are like in that situation. They're like, frame up, make sure it's perfect. Just show Patrick Wah. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, I know what I want to see. And I think Turner's on the same page, which is if I know that's going on, it's like, you better show me this show because me we're going to show it like seven yes. times in the post. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, It'll happen. And, right. Oh, and we're showing like in slow motion, you tiptoe out there the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. We may bring you back on, split the screen, have you break it down. Uh, you know, cause again, like that's what you're going to be talking about. Sure. So that's what people I, remember. I remember uh, Joe Torrey left the Yankees and I was working for SNY but I was with MLB and I was at the Indians Red Sox playoff game and a guy at shortstop overthrew the first baseman and I was facing the other way and he drilled me in the back of the leg, <laughs> but that they have footage of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that yeah. they have footage of, they don't have 98. There weren't cameras on me, you know, like at, at that point. Uh, no, I, no guys are like the game's forget. over, shut them down. And yeah. And you mentioned the legacy of ESPN. We recently had Bob Lee on the podcast and we talked oh, about cool. the late Tom Meads. And when I was at Syracuse, my junior year, the lockout happened and the um, ESPN was airing AHL games and we got to do stats. And so I did stats for Tom Meads. So like, when you mentioned the legacy of ESPN, like it's also very exciting that the NHL is going to be on ESPN. As, as it is. It, I, I agree. I mean, you know, I look at, you know, the popularity of the NBA and the fact that they're split between those two, right? It's ESPN and it's Turner. And uh, it's not the exact same vibe. Do you think an NBA fan cares what network they're on? I think they care who's broadcasting. I don't think they care what network it's on. That's I think fair. they, That's you know, fair. I think, yep. I, I do think that part. Yeah. I mean, I think they want to hear, I mean, listen, they want to hear Ernie and the guys in the studio. Uh, they like a yeah. lot of our, broadcasters and they should um i mean i know i'm a new york guy uh, i want to hear mike green calling right. nba games you know right. so uh yeah i think it matters uh, but no uh i think this idea that you know uh that you attach espn to hockey makes hockey more popular instantly no it, it doesn't automatically do that it helps though i mean it helps that it's just a little bit more of the conversation you know i used to tell people about one of the hard things about this job especially uh, when I was at NBC, I basically did every sport and yeah, did. Uh, I, I did hockey a we lot. We should talk but... about that, but I just want to talk about hockey. No, it's fine. But like I did, I did a... <laughs> Notre Dame, the Olympics. But, but I think part of the problem was like, you know, if I was just driving around in my car, unless I had Sirius XM and had NHL network radio, 
like I'm getting no hockey talk. I'm not getting just a general background chatter where it's like, oh yeah, that was an interesting point. Maybe like we'll talk about that later. Now, like you got to dig and die for it. And maybe now because it's on ESPN, it'll just be something that's on regular radio, uh, regular sports TV a little bit maybe. more often. And I, I hope that that's the effect it has. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, and I like the idea that like, I'm going to be paying attention when they come on on Tuesday night. I, I want to see what they do and I want to sure. see what they talk about. I'm interested. I know a lot of those it's guys. Flattery. Uh, yeah. 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 Check, uh, check, you know, check the, what they do and compare it to what you guys are. Doing. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and, and uh, I do things differently and, uh, but I respect the way that, that a lot of those guys do their jobs. And, and uh, you know, they have a bunch of men and women who are extremely talented and a lot of them I work with. So, sure. you know, and I'm looking forward to, you know, Brian Boucher being on there and me just texting him while he's on TV, giving him shit. Constantly, so. <laughs> but he'll, he'll pay you back. So exactly. That, yeah. That'll be the way it happens. No, the one thing about the whole uh, future of the NHL on television uh, and Gary Bettman was on this podcast and there's a, a segment of it where I, I, I confronted him about this. There's nothing you can say or do. So I'm not going to put you in that <laughs> awkward spot. When they announced the, uh, the deal, they announced, that uh, over a thousand out of market games will be on ESPN plus. Okay. That to me is the wrong thing to say, because what you need to have with all these cord cutters is the 15 year old fan in Buffalo needs to have the Sabres on their phone, not the Nashville predators. Yeah. And I use my daughter as the example. She's a Devils fan. She is a legitimate 13-year-old Devils fan. But in five years, if they don't change the way they do it, when she's in college, let's just assume she goes to a college in the tri-state area, Mm -hmm. she's not jumping through the hoops. And when I tell you the MSG app is the worst app in the history of existence, she's not jumping through the hoops to see the Devils. What she needs is for the games to be on a pay service that I would pay for. But and, and this is not the Devils. This is not the Kraken, even though I picked on them because they're new and they had a chance. But what ha- needs to happen is this reliant on the regional sports network needs to uh, be less restrictive so that it's not so hard to to see your hometown team. You know, I, I'm a Devils fan. And when the Devils were on NBC, I think it was three times. But those games yeah. are easier because my goddamn phone ringing is not going to knock the game off. Yeah, it's like uh, a yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? On, on yeah. the app. No. And, it's, and it's something. So it would help Turner. It would help ESPN. And it would help all these RSNs. And there needs to be some kind of solution. And all Gary Bettman could say is they're on it. Like the, the NHL yeah. knows that this, this is an issue. And as more people look, when DirecTV loses the NFL Sunday ticket, and a million people leave DirecTV to go to whatever service Wherever, they yeah. have that is, you have, you're going to have more people that don't have cable. And it's, it's going to be unwatched. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to take the young fan who's not getting cable, and you want them to see more hockey. You want them yeah. to be inundated with hockey because that's hockey survival, just like it is for football, basketball, and baseball too. No, I, I agree. I mean, and I'm happy to hear that, you know, they're aware and they're on. I knew they were. I mean, but it's it's unsustainable at this, you know, right. in this direction. But I, I think I feel that way about like in general about the way streaming services aren't right now anyway, which it's like cut the cord, save money. Oh, but here you got to sign up for like 19 different streaming services. If you, you know, I have a family of five. Like mm-hmm. we're not all watching the same thing. Like it would be great no. if everybody just wanted the same service that I wanted, but it's not. Um, something has to change. It, it, it absolutely does. And for me, it's funny because I didn't think that way because, you know, I, I live in the New York area. Uh, and, you know, if you live in the New York area and you have cable and I'm a dinosaur at this point, I, I turned a dinosaur when I turned 40 a few years ago. And <laughs> uh, I realized uh, that I don't think at all like the young fan thinks anymore, but I have three in market teams right that are on tv in new york area so immediately i have options there but i also had nhl tv i mm-hmm. used it for the complete opposite reason right i use it for work so i use it to watch the out-of-market teams the so right. uh, yeah so i'm great in that respect it's like all right cool i can watch these teams i normally wouldn't watch but no like you need in market teams to young fans this is i would i would hope everyone would watch our national games but you know the sport it's tribal 
You watch your team. It's the way I feel about baseball. I'm a Mets fan, diehard Mets fan. I watch Sorry the Mets. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. No, listen, I, I'm, I'm accustomed to suffering. Uh, you know, hope is a painful thing. So, <laughs> uh, but I watch my Mets, you know, until basically until the playoffs come around. I, right. Which obviously I'm not watching the Mets at that point. Uh, I watch, I watch my team. And if it's unavailable because I'm a cord cutter, that's a, uh, that's unsustainable. Well, it's and the unsu- NHL is so great with rivalries. I mean, that's the yeah. best thing. Like oh. what, I, what, what you do is you hate the teams that your rivals against just as much as you like your team. Oh yeah. And, and it's like, it's, it's irrational, right? It, oh like my it, God. it's such an irrational, like you're driving down the street and you see like an 11 year old wearing that hat. And you want to yell at the window, like, and oh, you, like I'm sitting there. I'm like, I have to have like no, you know impulse the worst? control. Go to a Dunkin' Donuts in New Jersey, and they have a Rangers promotion. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I I'll boycott. I I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. You turn right around, like I. Uh, right, turn this else. car right around. I will make coffee today. You think of that. <laughs> um, real quick before we uh, we wrap this puppy up, uh, and again, just know that. Uh, I'm rooting for you, man. And I, 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 I can't wait to see what you guys put on there. And I'm just going to get the popcorn and I'll be I'll be your P1. I'll be your guy that's just watching um, you. Your time at NBC. We talked for a bit about NBC's role with the NHL, which was great. But mm-hmm. you got a chance to do Notre Dame, the Olympics and the Premier League. And yep. if you don't mind, I'd love to start with the Premier League because it's oh, no, something good. that I've I've recently been uh, studying and learning a lot about. And what it features are some of the most interesting things that American sports really don't do as well. Um, the time of games; those games are less than two hours, no questions asked. Yep. The idea that you you know first of all the time zone you know given that the premier league is usually in the morning that is Mm -hmm. fantastic the way they sell the tickets where you have to tell the when you buy your tickets you have to say who you're supporting (laughs) and if you're supporting the road team you have to go to one section or two sections so smart the best could you put all the rangers fans in one section at the prudential center that'd be the greatest thing in the world yeah and they'd love it too yeah i mean i'd love it um, recently with the protests the, the, for, for, uh, for anti-racism, mm-hmm. they kneel for 10 seconds right before kickoff. You're not doing anything with the anthem. You're not bristling any feathers. You're not nope. pissing anybody off. And the crowds cheer when, when they do it. It's just there's so much that that league yeah. does right. What was your experience from working? I loved, loved working on the Premier League at NBC. Uh, I mean, first of all, personally, I grew up playing soccer. I played soccer in college for a couple of years. Uh, I'm a huge fan uh, just of the game. Uh, but I love the people I worked with because uh, they were smart and entertaining. So you could have, you know, real intense discussions about complex issues. And we did this past year, obviously, with COVID uh, and uh, mm-hmm. the fight for racial equality. It is an extraordinarily diverse league. Uh, that's something that you will find out immediately if you just turn on and watch it. You know, the idea is this is the English Amazing. Premier League. This is a global game and yeah. it is on full Guys display from there. France, from Spain, oh. from Nigeria, from, from exactly from South I mean, Africa, all over the yeah. planet. I mean, one of the most popular Italy. athletes in the world is is an Egyptian who plays in Liverpool. I mean, yeah. it, it's, yeah. it's such a great game uh, from that perspective. Uh and I will say uh, they, they get a lot of it right. Uh, the fans' passion is on full display at all times. I grew up, you know, I feel like I grew up a huge Knicks fan. And granted, the Knicks were awful for about two decades in the century uh, and basically unwatchable, but I was a huge fan in the 90s. And the garden was rocking. They didn't mm-hmm. have to pipe in music. They didn't have to get the thunder sticks, the clap sticks. Like, <laughs> it was just crazy. Yeah. Fans were passionate. They were knowledgeable. We would call that, right? Oh, it's the most knowledgeable fan base. It, you know, so that's why they're so into it. The past two decades, I don't know that you could say that because it felt corporate. It felt stale. Right. It felt like, hey, I'm here and I'm on my phone. You watch a Premier League game and you look into the crowd. You tell me how many people are on their phones. Nobody. Yeah. They're all engaged in that game 100%. It feels like well, because grew- you're doing it for a shorter time. Yeah. There's and, the, less, and there's no uh, stop. And I love that too. Yeah, I love that too. And I think hockey has that to some extent where it feels similar, like you similar. can get out to you can get out in two and a half hours in a way that 
baseball, there's no chance. Um, football, you know, I think people who only seen football on TV and then go to an NFL game. Uh, it's a rude awakening with all the yeah. stoppages. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're barely because well, they watch the red zone and they all they see is the action. Bang, bang, it, it, yeah, exactly. Totally. You're standing around for half the time. So, uh, no, you're engaged constantly. There's action. There's movement. Uh, and I, I have to say, I mean, I think just from a very basic standpoint, something pretty sweet about the relegation system. There really is. There's something sweet about the idea that at the end of the year. The teams that are bottom three in the league are going down to a league that people are not oh, going to be watching on TV. Oh. So because those games, sudden, when they're oh. fighting against relegation, those are massive. Could you imagine the Buffalo Sabres fighting to stay in the oh NHL? Oh, my God. Holy oh. moly, that'd be amazing. Yeah, and like, uh, you know, the Syracuse Crunch uh, had already been promoted because they won their right. league, and they're intense, and they're watching. The whole city's watching that game. Oh, my Hoping God. Hoping Buffalo loses. It's, I, I adore the system. I am you know, I'm not delusional. I'm aware it's never going to happen in any pro sport in America. And I'm, I'm, it's a painful reality, but I love that system. Uh, and it, it's, right. a, it's a, it's a magnificent league. And uh, I don't know. It's one of the things I've missed, but I will say this, you know, like when you cover a sport that, that much, uh, it, it's hard to enjoy it as much. I think from a personal level, no, at least just be for a me. Fan. Yeah, I, I get to be a fan. I really get to enjoy it. My kids play soccer, and now we sit and we watch. It's great. I wonder, you know, the, the Premier League in the United States is a real big question, like where they're going to wind up. And it's a huge decision for NBC. And I'm not going to ask you to speak for yeah. NBC, no. but it's it's a huge decision because they also have auto racing, too. And, we're, you know, they're going to have to bid on. I don't know if they're bidding on both and 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 and, and what happens. And again, we're talking about this this with streaming and, and, and apps and things like that, maybe a service should get the premier league and not, you know, not a network. And, and it's, it's just a, it's a fascinating. Well, listen, if Warner media wants to, you know, I don't, I'm not chipping in any money, but if Warner media would like to bid on premier yeah, yeah. League, I, that, as much as I just HBO said, Max. I like being a fan. I'd love to yeah, be a part of it. Go. So yeah. yeah, it's my two cents. Understand. Last <laughs> thing I always ask on the show. Um, and it always goes in a weird direction because I never get the same answer twice. Um, how do you feel about social media? Ugh. Uh, conflicted, really conflicted. Um, do do the did NBC care if how active you were on it? Did they encourage something like that? I would say it was yes and no. Uh, we would, you know, uh, around the Olympics, there was a big push to uh, be active. Uh, I think you could do a whole other episode on the Olympics alone. Yeah, I, I, I think, listen, I think they'd like you to be going viral for the right reasons, like you to be popular on social media, but I don't even know what that means anymore. I mean, there are plenty of people that have hundreds of thousands of followers, and I follow them on social media, and they haven't tweeted out anything that I found interesting in a long time, but they're <laughs> extremely popular. So uh, I don't know what it, uh, I think it's frustrating. Uh, it's often a place that, uh, you know, brings out the worst in a lot of people. And you just have to ignore that. Uh, it serves a function for me just in news gathering, which I know is a really boring thing to say, but it really does. It helps. Like, it, it helps sure. me that. I mean, I have to say, like, I'm on it constantly when I'm hosting games. But, you know, not to hear, like, the latest joke that every single person is saying on Twitter at the exact same time, thinking they have an original thought, and it begins with the word when this happens. I'm here because I want the, uh, the reporters at the rank, why isn't this guy on the ice? What's going on right now? Did mm -hmm. someone limp off? Did someone hurt? And and it, it is. It's invaluable. Well, editors that. tell their reporters tweet yeah. before you write. So yeah, it's. It, it, I mean, but they're, it's, they're they're fantastic news sources. And, and but and it's it's uh it's not something. I'll put it this way: a long time from now, hopefully, uh, when I'm on my deathbed, surrounded by loved ones, hopefully, uh, I don't think I will look up at them and with my final words say. I wish I spent more time on social media. <laughs> That's a great line. That's a great line. Um, the two things we did not cover that you have to come back to the podcast, uh, maybe before the playoffs, you'll come back. Uh, we didn't talk about a master's. I'm so interested in uh, broadcasters that have your skill set on what was the benefit of a master's. So we'll talk about that. We'll definitely. The Olympics. Yeah much so many more things uh, to do um i really appreciate it but how can people find you on social media now that you've asked all right yeah so now you can crush me on social media at liam underscore McHugh. 
Uh, I have a strong mute button game, so just know that in advance. Um, but uh, no, reach out. I think the cool thing about Turner is, in many ways, it is going to be a bit of an interactive show. You're going to see a lot of that social media stuff. So if you hit us up and you're chirping at us, bring it on. Maybe you're maybe it gets on the air. Uh, you know, go ahead, chirp Gretzky. This is your opportunity. Come on, you get to chirp the great one. So bring it on. Well, if there's anything that you heard in this podcast, do me a favor, uh, reach out to Liam directly and leave me the hell out of it. Uh, just, <laughs> exactly. just do that. Yeah. And if you're going to chirp against a uh, Wayne Gretzky, just just say Mickey Mouse. That's, that's you all go. you have to say. Is, there it is. is yeah. Mickey Mouse, the greatest player in the sport, <laughs> called your franchise Mickey Mouse franchise. Uh, Liam, congratulations on the Turner thing. Congrats on all your success. Thanks for taking time out. I know this is a busy, busy week. The NHL on TNT debuts Wednesday, or if you're listening to this in the future, uh, it, it happened already, and you've already seen <laughs> yeah, all of it. You missed it. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Seth. That's Liam McHugh. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Remember, check out the NHL both on ESPN and TNT. And make sure you come back next Wednesday for another episode of Sports with Friends. We'll see you. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to go, and then you'll know for me to stay. I got to be me. You'll never be in doubt. That's what it's all about. You can't take me for granted and smile. Come on, please, I'm gone. Forget to reach me by phone. Because I promise I'll be gone for a while. When you see me again, I hope that you have been the kind of person that you really are now you got to get in straight how could i ever be late when you're my woman taking up my time